Welcome back to the Photo Banter Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Gagne, and on today's podcast, I welcome back returning guest, John Hewitt. John is an accomplished photographer, director, and now AI artist who has worked with clients such as Nike, Oakley, Coca-Cola, and National Geographic, to name a few. I was excited to have John back on the podcast to discuss his new AI work that he's been delving into over the last few years. We talk about what interests John with AI work, the process of making AI imagery, as well as how he sees this affecting the profession of photographers. I also speak to John about the keys to his longevity in this business, as well as his approach to marketing over the years. John is someone whose work I admire, so I was excited to have him back on the podcast to discuss what he's been working on lately. So I hope you enjoy, and thanks for listening. All right. Well, now welcome back, returning guest, John Hewitt. I looked on the, the Spotify to see when the last interview we did. It was almost uh, five years ago, almost. Yeah. So it's been a minute. A lot has changed since the last time we talked with the pandemic and everything. And now you're doing this whole new thing, which I'm excited to talk to you about, the AI stuff, imagery you've been making. Um, but I guess, yeah, how's it, how's it been the last five years, man? Uh, it's been just crazy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, everybody, but, you know, everybody's gone through it. It's the pandemic kind of that screwing that all up and, uh, and not shooting a job for a year um, because of the pandemic and then it coming out of it, but also just kind of the new way things are worked, you know, and doing, starting, you know, starting out doing um, photo shoots where you're you're remote you're there and the agency is still back in some other town and yeah, you're yeah. sending video and live stuff to them and kind of getting all that figured out and now everybody's sort of a little bit back to normal yeah definitely you know even during the pandemic i i really appreciated uh you you didn't stop you you actually ended up winning an award for the images you were just like taking pictures of your, of your tv it was like basically like what was going on in the world it might have been like some of the politics stuff you were i think that was around that time right yeah did. so yeah that was sort of my pandemic sort of project I, and it it was just a sort of an accident that um i was watching a um, youtube video with joel meyerwitz mm -hmm. and um he was talking because it, it was a pandemic thing and he was like you know, if you just need to shoot, just, you know, you can shoot in your room. Like, and, and he said, literally, like, uh, watch some sunlight coming through a window and see what it does all day yeah. and take pictures of it. Because he was doing selfies, too, yeah. at that time. Um, but uh, so I actually was sitting there with my phone watching this. And I, and I looked around the room trying to figure out some pictures as I'm watching the video. And then I took... Uh, because the way my office is set up, it sort of has a big window uh, behind my my monitor, and so I just took a picture, and it was literally my feet are up on the desk and just like socks, and Joel Meyerowitz is on the screen talking, and the window light was coming from behind him, and I and I took it and I looked at it, and I'm like, this is actually kind of cool, <laughs> and that started the whole project. So I started documenting everything as it happened um and if it didn't I, there, I would do if i could if i couldn't watch the live event happening i would um i would watch the the video of yeah, it yeah recording and i would just take one frame at a time with my cell phone mm -hmm. and the whole thing was shot on my cell phone 
and I didn't, I just tried to time and then and some sporting things kept coming up and, and I, I actually documented the whole, uh, tour de France. Yeah. Um, and a couple other things and about, uh, I don't know. I saw about 8,000, 9,000 frames, one frame at a time on my cell phone. <laughs> That's a lot. And then I brought them into Photoshop and, and fixed them and I kind of give them a little bit of a treatment to them. And at uh, the ICP, I entered some of them in, and I actually um, I took second place for um, spot news, like journalism. Yeah. Um, of the Capitol riot. Oh yeah, yeah, I remember you seeing that. And I, I took second place in the 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 first place and third place. Those were from photographers who were actually there. Yeah, that was the, that was actually I had that conversation with somebody who was like, I wonder how they felt that you're like taking pictures of the actual image that they're shooting. It's interesting. <laughs> well, you know what the thing is, I got I got some crazy pictures that I that I have I've never shown anybody because I, I it's not yeah appropriate I think, but of uh, the stuff that was going on that day, that um, yeah that I I haven't seen anybody else with a picture of it because it was and it was. For me, it was it just it this literally flashed by in the screen in a like a couple of seconds. Oh yeah, but and it's like I I, I saw the there was a like paramedics coming up behind a TV guy who was uh, talking, and they would go right behind him and they have a body on the gurney and that was the woman who ended up dying. Yeah, and but the, the cameraman actually turned and went with him, so I was able to grab a couple of shots of that. But it was not something that I'm. I would. I'll, I'll, I'll never put that out in public. Yeah, because uh, have you always been the type of photographer? Are you like the? Are you? Because like some photographers, they they photograph their daily life. They're this every little snapshot. They roll with the camera, and then some pro- photographers are more like they work on projects and they kind of do that type of thing. But have you always been like that? Like, because talking about that, it was like an everyday thing, and even now with your AI thing, you're doing like a daily thing. Is that kind of always how you've been as a photographer? I think, to be honest with you, I I I started when I first started out. It was never, I never thought about taking pictures all the time. It was, it was for a long time. My my mindset was, well, if I'm not getting paid for it, I'm not doing it. Yeah, um, which is good and bad. But and then for a long stretch of my career, I was very busy and there was not a lot of room to do extra things. And then when I sort of, sort of taking, um, when I started shooting the Olympics back in 2000 or 2002, um, that took me to being somebody who you should, the Olympics you shoot every day and you're by yourself, you know, you know, there's no clients, there's no catered lunches, you know, you're climbing up the mountain and taking the picture yourself. And that sort of changed my viewpoint of, of how I approach photography, that it's, it is much more of a, a personal thing to me. And, and having, being out there by yourself, you're kind of like, your thought process is so much different than if you're doing a shoot with, you know, 18 people standing behind you, yeah. you know? And um, so from that, sort of that point on, I kind of looked at all the photography I do is personal. 
whether it is for a commercial job or it's just for myself and I'll give myself little projects and things like that. But even when I'm uh, approaching a uh, commercial shoot, I'm looking at it as what I want to do with the commercial shoot, not sort of the client. I mean, I've, I've take their input in and I, you know, if there's, you know, somebody wearing a, a black dress that I have to photograph, well, okay, how can I do this black dress the best way I can do it, that I'm going to end up liking it. And I think that, that, so that balance that like people say, Oh, here's the commercial work. Here's the personal work. I just put them both together. Yeah, and I think the, I take all of them personally. Yeah, definitely. I, one thing I kind of think I've struggled with now that I start to do more commercial work is like, because with commercial stuff, they give you a comp and they give you these things that they want. And like, how do you kind of like, it, there's like the fine line of like, it's the client and then you as an artist and your own creative, like, how do you kind of insert yourself and like direct it like how you want it to be? Is it, is it kind of vary from client to client? Cause that's one thing I'm trying to get better at is like, obviously you're getting hired to execute the client's vision, but as a creative, you still want to um, put your creative like energy into it and whatnot. Like how do you kind of balance that kind of, I think that um, for me, it's, I've been lucky that a lot of a lot of the things that I do, people hire me for what I do, mm-hmm. um, and so when I when I any assignment that I'm thinking about when it comes in, I'm my first thought is okay, what 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 can I add to this? How can I make this better? I mean, obviously, like I said before, if if there's a certain product that the client wants to have, that's we'll make sure that they have that, but let's do it in a way that that separates it from everybody else that's doing things and i think that i think all photographers should get in that practice you know because in at the end of the day it's your name that's going out there saying oh that they did this you want to be you want to be proud of your work you know um and obviously everybody has shot things that they'll they're not that proud of and they'd never showed anybody i shot one yesterday (laughs) i did one (laughs) but you know whenever you can you you want to create things and it's i think it's it's a philosophy that i've had for a long time and i think that it's 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 worked and yeah and also it's like the clients are coming to you because you're a professional photographer you're creative and that's what you do all the time right and i think i think i've had to get better as being more assertive and being like hey this is probably like this is probably the better route to go. Cause like I've done something similar and let's just give it a try. And it's like, I think that that's, has taken me time to get better with that. You know? Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm at that, that, uh, thinking of, you know, uh, don't ask permission and beg forgiveness. Sort yeah, of yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> hey, hey, that's the way to do it. Like, this is how we're doing it. <laughs> yeah, no, that is, that is the way to do it. Um, well, really excited to talk to you, John. I know we talked briefly last week about all the AI stuff, which is, I, for the last two months or the last few months, all I've been talking to with fellow photographers is AI and there's people that love it. There's people that are like, this is the end of photography. We're not going to work anymore. And it's just very, a lot of, a big conversation going on. But I guess with you, cause I, I think you've been dabbling with AI stuff for like the last year or two of the imagery you've been making, right? Yeah. So I, uh, 
it, well, we, we started talking about it because you posted a, 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 que- a question <laughs> saying, is AI photography or AI interesting or something like I was, that? I was baiting. I, I didn't put my opinion yet. I was just like, <laughs> do, do you find it? Because I was interested to see what people would say if they, if they thought it was interesting or not. And it was really right down the middle. It was like 50-50, like I think the poll ended up being. And I mean, a lot of times on those polls, I'll just press the button and I move on. But then I, I just had to add this. Like, I don't think that's a fair question. Yeah. Because it's, it's just, it's subjective. It's just like any other art form. Mm-hmm. And I know people will argue about the idea of it being an art form, but we'll get into that in a little bit. But uh, I, the, for me, I started playing with it. I, uh, I started seeing it last March and uh, there was some, beta things that you could sign up for and i knew a couple people who got me into dolly early Mm -hmm. and then also into mid journey Mm -hmm. early um and so i i was able to play with those before the public was was doing it and um i just kind of didn't i never really thought of it as sort of something replacing photography or something that uh, not even necessarily an art form to me, it was the beginning of it was like, hey, I need to type in, you know, I want a red ball on a green background and boop, there it is. <laughs> it's yeah. like, and then, you know, then type in something weird and something weird would come up. Um, so th- a lot of the first stuff I did was just these random thoughts that I had and seeing what it would, what would it it'd come up with. It wasn't even a, th- a thought of it at that point controlling it as much as you you actually can yeah um and 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 sort of creating its own sort of world um so that's that's sort of how i started yeah because even it. like before that like two years ago because i remember we were when during the pandemic when that clubhouse app app kind of popped off and you were you would pop in from time to time and you kind of went you got really into the nft stuff when that was coming on because i remember like following that so you were kind of very and there's kind of like a like a mesh between AI stuff and NFT. There's like a lot. I feel like the community is kind of yeah. There's a lot. Of, there's there is a lot of community that are, that is very similar. Yeah. Um. And there's a lot of uh, there's a lot there's a lot of really amazing um, AI artists who have done really well. Um. There's this woman Claire Silver who's she's been doing it for two or three years would people is people an AI artist or is he no he's a, he, he's considered a digital artist okay but again that we, we could talk about the sort of how this compares from one thing to the another but um she's she did it because she started doing ai because she was an artist a physical artist and she had got a disability that she couldn't paint anymore she couldn't use her hands to 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 physically do the work and finding AI and being able to just type in things and to program. And she does a lot of like way out things that I, I know nowhere near that level yet, but, um, it's, it, her art's really quite amazing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I'll have to check that out. Yeah. Cause I guess for you, like, what is it about the AI stuff that's interest you and kind of kept you kind of working on it every day pretty much for the last year or so? Well, I was, so as I progressed and I started finding out, like, I could do certain things and, and, and find sort of ways to do that, um, I sort of had this idea, okay, at starting in the beginning of this year, 
I'm going to post an AI image. I'm going to set up a separate Instagram account. And it's Red Cat IA. AI, sorry. Red Cat IA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll link it. That's my dyslexia. <laughs> um, and um, I was going to, so I, just, just, just to see, I, I, more for my progression to kind of see from where I'm at to where I end up at. And I'm still going to be doing this. And then um, about two weeks into it, in the January, it, like, it just blew up. Yeah. And I, you keep forgetting, you know, it's like, it's like the, full, the full version of Mid Journey, the, the regular public couldn't use it till like November of last year. Okay. So it, that's how new it is. Yeah. Um, and so then um, I saw on Twitter there was somebody doing a, um, a sort of a, a contest, I guess you want to say it, and, and you could submit your AI work. And the theme was Uncanny Valley, which is um, has to do with um, like reality not like a, a, a person you can't tell if it's a robot or if it's a, it's a real person okay there's something about that that and that sort of based it off of that and that's really for that particular contest that was the first time that i started really putting in the prompts to get a specific end to what i was trying to do and um and it ended up being um this image of uh, two women in a field holding umbrellas. Yeah. And that's sort of the prompt to it. But when you look at it, it's sort of, you can't tell if it's real. You can't tell if it's the real people or they're mechanical or there's just some, there's just something off about them. Yeah. And that was the whole purpose of that. And then, then that got accepted into this thing and it became a, a show and then it was minted as an NFT and, um, the first within the first hour of it being available, it, somebody made a bid on it. Oh, damn. Um, and so that's sort of opened my eyes up more to what the possibilities were. Yeah. Cause what's, what's your response been from like, uh, colleagues, friends, clients with the AI work stuff you've been doing? I've been getting generally, I'd say 90% is really positive. Yeah. Um, I, and when I first started posting some things, um, I, I, there was a couple of negative sort of comments. Like, what would they say? This, like, this is fake or this is like, yeah. It's like it, one person was said something like, well, uh, you know, how does it feel to know you didn't do anything to make this? <laughs> and I'm like, okay. Well, you know, and I, I mean, I didn't respond to any of them. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's cause it's, it, it, it's, it's their, it's their opinion. And I respect that. And it, that's, it's interesting. And, and, uh, like I'm not anti AI. Like I don't, so far, like a lot of the imagery doesn't resonate with me, but I respect the technology and I think that any like uh, just having a creative tool and like a new outlet for people to do like that's the best thing about creativity. And I think being an artist, I think you have to have an open mind to try new things and that's where you, you, you can break new ground. Uh, but speaking on contests right before you came here, I was on Twitter and I guess there's this kid who entered the Sony like world photo contest they have every year or whatever and he he said he, he like literally entered the ai thing as a joke and he won and now there's like all and he, he actually he won and then there's like all these people on twitter how twitter does and people arguing about whatever and he actually said i'm not going to take the award because he didn't want to so it's kind of now there's this new thing of like 
AI, we're going to see AI and CA and AP or whatever. I don't know. Like, well, I, the, I, I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah. I, I think because that was, that was a, uh, the image was a drone view of, of, uh, the ocean with a surfer, I think at sunset. Like yeah. It was a beautiful image. Yeah. And I, probably could have if i was a judge i probably wouldn't have been able to tell that it wasn't yeah especially when that was when he you know the contest was going on you know ai wasn't even that prevalent yeah you know um but he yeah he did say he's not taking the prize money and he's just it's kind of a point more than anything else which is for photographers i could understand like damn it (laughs) (laughs) it's interesting conversation because you think about like even uh like composite photography work some sometimes the photographer the end piece they might not even shop a background or a piece and it's like a plate that they're they're licensing from getty or whatever to put the final piece together so then is it their photo or is it half their photo i don't know it's like this weird <laughs> well you know that's that's the thing is that that um, somebody asked me yesterday about ai and to kind of explain it to them and i'm and like, is it really art or is it not art or you're doing anything for it? And it's like, well, I go out and I take a picture of something. Um, and then I bring it into my computer and I'll go take it into Photoshop and I'll add backgrounds and layers and change colors and do all these things to it. And I'm not physically doing it. I mean, the camera yeah. takes the picture. I'm just looking through and pushing a button. Mm-hmm. So is does that mean that it's not art or is it does it mean that i have no input into this or i'm going into software on a computer and it's doing all the physical part of it it's making the changes of color and all this sort of stuff and it's and it's so and i'm putting in a background from a different picture you know and so am i contributing to that or am i not Mm. and ai is the same thing is like there's not an ai picture that anybody can get without somebody putting the input in yeah it doesn't do it by itself and it does not copy things uh because i use a lot of a lot of my stuff are coming from photographs that i have what do you mean when you say it doesn't copy things like ai does not like if you if i if i take one of my photographs and i enter it into the system right it the the output that comes back to me is nothing like my photograph. Its tendencies in the photograph is what it uses. Just like it will pull. So if you you say I want a, you know, a, a Picasso, or Rembrandt or a Da Vinci, whatever, um, it will not recreate a, a Picasso painting. So you can type in like uh, Neil Leifer, uh the Ali picture, or whatever. It won't give you that like a famous uh, photographs or whatever yeah yeah it's not it's not there it's yeah but even even if you could manage it to do that it's not going to do that because it that's not what it's meant to do okay it, it's meant to pull from everything that's on the internet from starting from 2021 back i think it is um and it takes the tendency of that so if you said a new life or photograph so it's going to take a tendency of what Neil Leifer did out of all the photographs that are on the internet of his mm-hmm. and sort of lighting or uh, color or whatever. And the same thing, like, if, you know, like Picasso, it'll take the tendencies of what Picasso did 
but it won't give you that. Or a Salvador Dali. It won't give you a Salvador Dali painting. Mm-hmm. It's, it'll take, okay, he does weird things, and he's got, you know, um, bent clocks and stuff like that. It won't give you that. It, it's not going to copy that. And so the the thing that I found with it is I, a lot, like I said, a lot of the stuff are, are start out as photos that I have. Um, and some of them I just might take in the morning with my phone and bring that in as a prompt. And then the rest of the prompt is based on photography mm-hmm. and my knowledge of photography. So I want, you know, Hasselblad, 60 millimeter lens, uh, available light studio oh, portrait. Wow. So punch that into that. Yeah. Wow. And, and in black and white of, then I'll list what the subject that I'm thinking of. And that's, and so then that output comes out, then it gives you four thumbnails and you, you say, you look at it and say, okay, was that close to what I was thinking? And if not, you can re- have them redo it. And then you start taking whatever you think the best one is. And then you start working on that. And so some of these images that I've posted have taken me um, two and three days to okay. get to it. Yeah, because that's what I was going to ask. Because like looking at the work, for instance, the, the your most recent post is like a cheetah that's wearing like a, what do you call it? It's like a, like a mink thing. It's like a... What do you call? I don't even know what you call that. Uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> but it's like a cheetah wearing like a basically like a garment kind of deal. It's like a yeah, a fur uh, scarf. So putting that together, is it like similar to Photoshop in the sense of like you're clipping stuff out and like doing no that or no no okay. no no. So what's this will sound crazy is yesterday I was shooting all day yesterday as I'm driving home and I was coming down my street. And um, we have a lot of turkeys in my neighborhood, and it's mating season for turkeys. So yeah. the, the 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 male turkeys are all puffed up and got the the whole big spread. And I stopped and I took a picture of it. Yeah. And that was the that was the first prompt for that for the cheetah for the cheetah. But then I put in this sort of uh, other sort of kind of half fashion half sort of animal prompt that I have that I like to use, mm-hmm. and then I started seeing versions like there's there's a version of that that I always I didn't post but there's a version of this with a woman like a fashion shot and there's a sort of half cheetah half animal I can't describe kind of in the shot so I started going with that and sort of and then no model you know removing so the model is much of the process because like you say it's not like photoshop in the sense where you're like if you're doing composite stuff you're you're spending hours like clipping stuff out and making selections is the process really just like like trial and error of like here's my prompts and then it like churns out something you don't like it and then you just kind of go and fine-tune your you keep fine-tuning your prompts yeah and so the way my system is set up that that uh, i have over the last three and four months, I have a, a series of, of prompts that I like that I, that, that I know will do what I want it to do. And I might start th- with that as a base. And then each time I get closer to what I'm looking for, then I, then I start just singling in on that one image and then you hit, a, you hit the button for variation and it brings up the original prompt and then there you type in what, you, what it's not doing. Okay. It's like, okay, I want this blue or I want this to, you know, I want this person jumping. And 
So you keep tweaking that, and then it'll go back, and it'll say, is this what you're thinking about, basically? And you can either say yes, or, or you have it redo it, and then, again, then you take the one that's closest to what you're thinking and keep adding. There's a there's a picture I did. It's in the ga- one of the galleries. It's a picture of a woman sitting like in a hotel room, and that came from a childhood memory of my mother. Wow. It was the only time that I ever saw my mother... Um, have doubt my mother was a very stoic very strong person and it kind of shocked me because i had never seen that before and it kind of stayed with me yeah and i was just trying to recreate that and i kept that took me it took me about three days to get it to where i wanted to do because i wanted the, the facial expression to be what i saw in my head um and i just it was a little tweaks at a time and it and, and AI in, in will do and it will do the same thing as in photography, it'll do the happy accident too. Yeah. Or it's something like, Oh, I really wasn't thinking of that, but this, I like this. <laughs> you know, so you go with that. But there's a, I've I've had a lot of photographs in my career that uh, won awards that were not what I was setting out toward that, that day. You know? Oh yeah, definitely. You know, so so what is it like this? Because I've never used any of these platforms yet. I'm I'm, I'm planning to try it because I, I want to see what it does. But does it basically this like export like a JPEG or like what is your final like? What yeah, what it does is the um, it's not a JPEG. It's a PNG. Okay. Uh, it's not very um, high res. It's like a thousand by a thousand sort of thing. Oh, okay. Um, but I ha- I use another AI. Um, uh, software that uh, I can up-res it like eight times, and that takes it that takes it up to a pretty big file. That's like a two hundred megabyte file. Okay. Um, and so, the, and then you 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 the mid journey mid what mid journey does is you have a you log you have your own sort of home page, and you. Um, It'll it'll track everything you're doing, and you can see the images, and then it also has an archive of everything you've done. Sorry. Um, and again, it's 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 one of the, it's like it's a it's it's a rabbit hole, and you have to be careful because you can go down that hole pretty fast. I can see it feeling like a video game or something. Like, uh, yeah. Because were you like before this? Like, were you? Because when I look here, it's, when I look a lot of your work, it's like it's like obviously. Uh, the sports stuff you do, and then obviously you do the advertising, and it's like real people, real locations. Like, were you a guy that loved the process of like Photoshop and editing and that type of thing, or not so much? Oh well, yeah, it, but it's 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 varied throughout my career. It was like when I started. This is, this is a perfect example. I, I, my, my, I think it was my first year of business. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a dark room in my studio, and I printed all my black and white. Uh, that was one of my favorite things to do is go into the dark room and print. And um, it was like a Wednesday, I remember. And I went into the dark room and started doing some stuff. And um, there was a photographer who lived at a studio across the hall from me. And probably it was like 5 or 6 o'clock. And he's like, hey, let's go. He comes knocks on my door. And, and I come out of the dark room. And I said, let's go. Let's go grab a beer or something. I said, no, nah, I got I to gotta finish this print. And he goes, okay. I said, you know, check check back later for me, right? And basically, I uh, kept printing. Mm-hmm. And he came back, and he said, let's go. We we we're gonna let's go. We're gonna have a beer now. Yeah. 
I said, no, no, I, I, I'm, I'm still doing this. I said, you know, just like, to tell me tomorrow. He goes, he goes, you know, it's Sunday, don't you? And basically, I've been printing, not straight, but other than sleep, I was in the dark room from Wednesday to Sunday without thinking about it. And that, that's sort of been my personality on a lot of things. And when Photoshop came out, I started doing that, the same thing. Um, and I have always loved to sit, like when I do all my Olympic stuff, that's a month of me sitting in front of a computer. Oh, I would, yeah, that's so much imagery. And, and but, but, but I, I, first of all, I, I go through every image. I edit, I pick my selects. I get that down to, you know, from 160,000 frames down to 40,000. Then I take that down to 4,000. Mm -hmm. Then I, then I take those 4,000 and I take them all into Photoshop, re-edit and, and do what I want to do, put the looks that I want to do to it. So, yeah, so this is just another extension of, okay. of that. Okay. And in terms of, like, the commercial realm, I know when we were on the phone last week talking about it, like, where do you see the AI stuff now? Like, I know, because actually I met with Wayfair last uh, week, and their producer was telling me that they, they basically, their shoots are basically, it's AI imagery. Like, you see, like, uh, and it blew my mind, because I saw, I was looking at the photos on Instagram, I was like, if you told me this was a photo, I would have believed it. Um, but I guess with the... When you think about the work you've done over the course of your career, it might have been like lifestyle work or like the sports advertising stuff you do. Is the technology there now to where it, these companies you think are already they're already using it, or is, is it there yet? Yeah, I see, and that's that's sort of where this whole sort of issue lies in this because it's the work issue for photographers. Yeah, you know, is this going to take away jobs? Yeah, it's going to take away jobs. Mm -hmm. um, they. A number of people that I've had conversations with, who are in the in creative directors I've worked known for years, and agency people that I've known uh, that in some I don't know who have contacted me because they have seen the AI that I've been doing, and it's like, how do you do it? Where do you start? Yeah, and I'm I'm very happy to help anybody who, who wants help. Um, and one um, I did one agency guy one creative director said to me he goes if i don't learn this somebody they're gonna hire someone else who does do it yeah and i've jokingly said that this the second ai can um you can type in the prompt family of four sitting in a kitchen table eating kentucky fried chicken that was the one on your instagram that i was like the most interested in honestly because it's like lifestyle your typical whatever could have been like some food campaign or whatever and and that was, I didn't do any retouching to that one. I just, that was the prompt I tell. Yeah, because you have the that, one kid has like an arm coming out of his arm. He has an extra arm, right? <laughs> but yes, but see, I, that, uh, but that, exactly what I typed in, mm. that was the first thing that came out. Yeah. And I looked at that and I'm like, holy shit, it actually is here. Yeah, because you know, that's the thing I was going to ask. Because like, you know, with like advertising photography, they're so particular about like what they want. We want this age person. We want them to look like this. We need them to be this. And it's like with the AI stuff, like. Yeah, you can do that. You can do it. Yeah. And, and I mean, think about it like, uh, like a pharmaceutical company that, you know, hire a lot of photographers. Mm -hmm. And but. They're just going to type in, I need a doctor and nurse having a consultation. Mm -hmm. I need a doctor and a patient and the doctor's checking their heart. And it's going to pop out. Yeah. And that eliminates the photographer, the models, the hair and makeup, the stylist, the locations, the wardrobe, everything. And 
it, it, it's it's kind of sad. Yeah, to be it's, with you. yeah. It, it, so like, what's the game plan here? <laughs> like, it's, it's like, uh, how do you like? how do you monetize the AI work? I don't know if you have yet. I know you're doing, you did your gallery show, but I guess on a commercial level, like where in your mind, where do you see it going? Like, how do you, I, the, I, I don't think I figured that out to be honest with you. Yeah. I, I think that's, that's, that's sort of the, the thing about it. But the one thing I know is that moving forward, you have to know this. Mm-hmm. If, if you're a photographer, it's like when Photoshop came out, I went and took a class in Maine for a week just so I could figure out what this is Photoshop one. Yep. And I don't think I've ever gone past that one week as far as how my, my knowledge of Photoshop, but, um, you had to do it. And I, I was very late to the whole digital camera thing. I was holding onto my film camera. Oh, you were like, you didn't want to adapt. You were like, Oh yeah. Everybody was, everybody's, you know, and I, I, I was spending a lot of time convincing the creative people that I'm working with. Oh no, you got to do film. We gotta we gotta shoot in film. Well, I will say those early digital cameras they were pretty shitty. Like, <laughs> like, like, it's, I kind of don't blame you in some regard. <laughs> yeah, but uh, and uh, well, I I did the ad campaigns for uh, like the D two and the mm-hmm. D one for for Nikon. I had the D two H. It was like I think it was like a four megapixel camera or something. Like, oh yeah, I, I had the first ones. I was it was two megapixels. Yep. And I was I was there. I was a brand ambassador for Nikon, and I was still. And they gave me all the digital cameras, and I was still shooting film. Yeah. <laughs> but so I was like, if you didn't change, you kind of got le- left back. Yeah. And so I think that AI, there's going to be a place for it. There's going to be use for it. There's going to be. I think there's going to be people who, if you know how to do it and how to manipulate it, and and get it to bend to your will. Yep. Um. I and just like I think photography is the same way. You have to. You just don't put your phone up and take a picture you need to make that something special and i think that that there's a lot of photographers out there who will be affected by this but they also have knowledge that other people don't have and a lot of the photo- a lot of the ai that you're seeing that's really kind of looking real is because there's photographers behind it who know photography if you if you're if you can think of it as you're creating that photograph you got picture of the wave up there yeah how are you going to do that how are you going what what camera are you going to shoot with this how are you going to post process it um and if you're thinking that and that's your how your prompts are going in then you're going to get that you're not going to get the same thing but yeah. you're going to get something yeah that, it's that's not like juice. all those like a, a couple months ago everyone was doing their like uh self portraits of like headshots of like and it was like this i don't know where people were getting from they're like ai but it was like same look it was like very computer generated like did not look like a real person really <laughs> like there's a there's a really smart app out there a company who created the app for that yeah who were charging i think 10 bucks to do it no um yeah. and they were just running it through ai and it didn't cost them anything yeah that's the that's other you're gonna take out the head chat game man is this gonna i'm like god like <laughs> well i think that that um wedding photography mm-hmm. and journalism uh, celebrity stuff is gonna not change i don't think um i think there will be some advertising stuff the 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 one thing that's kind of hard to do right now that I find really hard to do is any kind of sports in AI. Just they just 
it's just not there yet. Like what? Like what's the problem? Like what happens when you try to generate something? It's just the arms and legs. Oh, okay. They're like, yeah. You know, and I and I've used my images as prompts, and I look. It's like I, I had a picture of a, a of a person on a dive. You know, doing a dive, right? So there's up in the air, spinning, and there's water flying from them, stuff like that. And I put that in as a prompt, and that read it as I think it read it as it's gymnastics which I'm not sure why. And then um, it started just giving me these like totally bizarre gymnastic things where somebody's up in the air doing something, but you have one arm going one way that you cannot bend the arm that way. Yeah. It's bent, the elbows bend at the wrong place. The knees bend at the wrong place. It has nothing. It's, it's like, it does nothing with sports. And I, I kept trying to change the prompts to get it to work better. And hasn't I've, I found I, I've I've got only a handful of things. Uh, the ones that have worked for me so far has been anything that's like motorcycles. I did a thing on motorcycles that came up with some ones that I can't really tell the difference. You know, it looks like a, a motorcycle race is going on. Um, cars, like some car things. Yeah. Um, I've done some beach stuff that kind of looks nice. Um, some little bit of architecture that looks nice. But I think where the, the I, I, there's another example of, of, there's people who call this post photography now, mm-hmm. which I think is kind of odd, but, um, and I've seen photographers um, get really good at making it look very realistic. So you cannot tell the difference. Yeah. But unfortunately, it's just bad photography. You know, it's look, it looks real, <laughs> but it's just not good not photography, good, not good. you know? So it's like, I think it, there's, and, and I think also in photography, there's going to be a need for the, that actual photo shoot. Like the, the Portraits of Pride thing I'm doing, you can't do that with AI. You have to go and you have to yeah, see because, these people. And, yeah, because it's about the people and the story. It's, right. it's like, this, that's the thing. I think it's, that's what it is, when it's like storytelling, real people, and people like resonate with that and they know it's like honest, whatever. Not that they, it, yeah, it's just different. It's uh, people connect with the, the human element. And, and also, the other thing is that, like what we're doing right now, we're having a conversation about all this stuff. Until you post this, it, this is just a conversation you and I are having. AI does not know anything about this. Yeah. And it's, it, it's, it can't replace experience, experiences. Like you going and shooting on the North Shore. Yeah. AI can't go there. It, you can prompt it and it'll take from some pictures that already happened, mm-hmm. but it won't give you the picture that you're doing. Yeah. Until you post it, then it obviously becomes part of that. So the, uh, the idea of you could, you could still be a fine art photographer and sh- showing galleries and stuff like that, it's, and it's not something that AI can do. Yeah, and then also I'm sure you read about how Levi's was doing AI for their like e-com models, and they got a lot of push, uh, blowback from that, saying like, hey, you don't want to hire like people and a diverse crew and all that. And uh, I don't know, do you see that being an issue? Companies are going to deal with, or it's eventually people. This kind of it is what it is. You know, I I understand what people are saying about that, yeah. and and you know, just hire diverse people. Yeah, you know. That's what you should have been doing all along. Mm-hmm. Um, but what it 
what the underlying thing is is they're saving millions of dollars. Exactly. There's no residuals. Yeah. You know, they don't have to pay the model. And corporations aren't people. They don't give a shit. They're just, they just want to make money. So it's... And, and that's why I think it's better to embrace AI mm-hmm. and try to get it into your workflow that makes sense to you. I mean, look at Photoshop. They, they've come up with their own AI. Mm-hmm. And if, if, if they're doing it, then you know that, that that's for photography, it's got to become part of your workflow. Yeah, there's a lot of interesting new technology going on right now. I don't know if you've seen uh, uh, like the LED wall thing that they're doing now. Like there's these, my friend has bought one. It's like massive LED walls. And basically what he can do is you can, he can do a Photoshop, a shoot in a studio, but they can make the location. He, he showed me the videos where it's like, the LED wall will be like a bar or whatever location you want. And it, it legit looks like you're in a bar and you can have like models there. Yeah. So it looks like they're walking around a bar and then they save money because they don't have to fly somewhere and rent the location. And it's like another technology to like save money, but a little different than AI, but it is interesting. Yeah, but they're doing that. They're doing that uh, with some of the Marvel movies. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw a thing, um, the making of um, the last Thor movie where they have these massive sets and instead of just a blue screen or a green screen, they have those screens and they're actually putting backgrounds onto them. Yep. And when it's finished, man, you can't tell. No, yeah, that's what this thing, it blew my mind. My friend showed it to me. Um, and the one thing I was interested in talking about with your AI work is like, how do you view like your approach to it? Like, obviously when I look at your photography work, like I love all the black and white photos you've done of like Kevin Garnett and all these people. And you have like a certain look. I know that's like, oh, it's a John Hewitt photo. Like, I know that's your photo. Yeah. When I look at your AI work, it's very different. It's very like a lot more colorful, I would say. And it's like a little more poppy. Like, are you even, do you just view it as like a separate creative kind of lane or like? Yeah. And again, I think that, I'm, I'm, I'm sitting here talking like I'm an expert, but it's like it, I've only been doing it for no, a but year. But you've done a lot more than a lot of people have. Like it's. Uh... But the, but the thing about it is, is that I think for for me, I'm sitting here. A lot of it is I'm, um, I've always been a frustrated fashion photographer <laughs> who never shot fashion. Hey, you shot Vogue. You had a cover like last year, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, yes, but but to do like you know, that's that's sort of what I that when I first started out, that's what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And I ended up shooting sports. Yeah. But then I brought fashion to sports, and that sort of helped set me apart. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm getting my uh, frustrated fashion photographer out of this. So okay, yeah, that's interesting because that's because you know as a photographer, especially when you're like uh, like trying to do assignments and commercial work, you have to have somewhat of like a cohesive body of work that like right. so clients can know like hey when I hire this guy this is what's gonna look like yeah but it's like I guess this the AI stuff it's it's not like you're trying to mesh your photography the AI it's really this kind of yeah it's 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 sort of uh, at the moment it's sort of um, separate but I I, I do try uh, every week I try to produce something that is sports related and I'm just the very few that I have. I mean, I, I, I got a guy like rent starting out of a starting block, running out of a starting block um, that looked good. And it was prompted from a photograph that I had taken. And but then when you look at it, the guy has like eight fingers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um, but then but then, you know, some of the stuff I'm doing, it's like. 
I'm seeing it and 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 I'm like, okay, that's I like this because it's weird, and I'm gonna do, keep doing it, and I keep prompting it and keep pushing it up, and that's a lot of the stuff that's in the the actual gallery show um, that we have down on the Cape with uh, at, with Bob Horn's imaging, yep. um, and they're selling, which is super cool. Um, we've we've sold quite a few so far, and um, it when I went down for the opening of the show and seeing these on the wall um, for the first time, seeing them printed, it's, it's actually pretty impressive looking. Yeah. You know, when you're, when you're just looking at it and the people were coming in for the opening, the, the biggest question that I answered, I kept re- answering this question was no, these aren't real people. Yeah. No, that's that. No, this person doesn't exist. I mean, it exists as a conglomeration of every photo of every model that ever was, um, that's on the internet. And it, so, yeah. And like, I occasionally also have some somebody say, Oh, that looks like my sister. Like, <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I don't know your sister, so I don't yeah, know yeah. how, to, how that happened. And I guess, yeah, the other issue which we talked about uh, last week was like, uh, the whole thing with like copyright, uh, like how does that lie? Because it's like when you're drawing, you're taking people are taking imagery that's technically not theirs. They're taking it in, they're making something new. Like, I guess how do you, how do you view that? Do you think it's you think that's something that some commercial clients are still kind of hesitant on? Or well, I think that I uh, I, I don't think all of it's been settled, mm-hmm. and it's going to be a long time before it is settled. Yeah, um, but as far as commercially there's sort of different things that have happened i i heard the other day that um somebody was saying you can't copyright it or something um and i I, but i I, the thing is is like if coca-cola does it or Mm -hmm. levi's does it and you are going to go after them thinking that maybe some small portion of something you did 10 years ago that's on the internet is part of their thing how do you prove it yeah you know and and again i don't i know ne- I, I as many prompts that i've put in um and i'm way i'm pushing about fifty thousand at this point um none of them copy anything that i've ever put in they don't they don't copy any original image that i have of mine that i put in yeah and um so but as as far as fine art is concerned, there's it's it's pretty much th- this that's this is like case you know case studies yeah. of it you know it's just the Richard Prince or Andy Warhol, you know who took the trademark tomatoes, stuff tomato soup cans or whatever. yeah and and as soon as he turned it into a piece of art it's his mm-hmm. and whether whether Campbell Soup liked it or not but they they never beat him in court yeah. You know, which is unfortunately, but that's just the way art is. And it's art is subjective. And you can't, and anybody, anybody who does anything, anything creative, any photographer, I don't know, I don't care if you're just starting out or you've been doing this for 40 years, everything you do comes from something you've already seen. Yep. And like the pictures I'm looking at in the wall, are your pictures, but you probably could, didn't take the pictures or you took the pictures without thinking about it because it's subconscious of every surf picture you've ever seen 
and you're thinking, okay, I, the, the, I think the surf picture's out here. I'm going to take it, and you're going to, you know, frame it a certain way, and that that becomes yours. Yeah. And and but the the influences are there, you know, because you always ask questions of people who who they're who who influenced you. Yeah, yeah. Who, You know, who's your favorite photographer? Yeah, yeah. Sort of thing, and you you tell them that like. And then all of a sudden you, you have a, like I, the, the, the Boston and cornered stuff I do is shot, um, specifically on a white background. It's black and white images and it's on a white background. And I posted some on LinkedIn and a photographer said, Oh, that looks like Richard Avedon's work. You're copying Richard Avedon. He wasn't the first person to do that. To shoot somebody on a white background? No, he, he would just, he, <laughs> he just got more, he got a lot of press for it. He did a lot of. <laughs> well, he, he did it because he started out shooting um, IDs for the military. That's, yeah. that's where that whole sort of yeah. Richard Avedon look started. Um, but yeah, it's, it, but it's, maybe there's a little Richard Avedon in there, but I, I, this all came from the Soul of the Game book that I did. And that's why the person who hired me to do this had the soul of the game book and they say, this is what we want to do with these pictures. Mm -hmm. You know, so it wasn't, it's, it's, uh, I think it was, uh, David Bowie who was talking about music and copyright and everything like that. And he basically said, and, and I'm paraphrasing here is that there's only so many notes and you're going to consciously or subconsciously pull from all the music you've ever heard and you're going to make a song. And is it the George Harrison got sued for a song and they, and, and the other people won the case, but the judge awarded a dollar to them. Yep. And they won a millions from, cause it was George Harrison. Yep. And the, basically the result of the thing was, yes, it's, it's, there's a similarity there, but it wasn't mal you know, There was no malice. There it was, it was, it was him subconsciously, Thinking, oh, that note goes next to that note, and I think I think with um, AI, you you how you prompt it is from your own personal experiences, some things you've seen. If you like this color blue, or you like this, and it's again, it's all your work that you've done, and 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 every book you've ever looked at, or every TV show or documentary, all that plays into AI because it if you don't if you don't add all those images that you have in your head, you're, it's not, it's like I said, it doesn't do it by itself. Yeah. It's still your thought. Like, it, like all the stuff like uh, that you've been posting on, like, I was like, man, John's got some wacky shit up in that brain, man. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah, that is actually, that's, I've, I've got a few of those comments. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the music is a good analogy. Cause you look at like, uh, for instance, like hip hop, a lot of that music is like they're sampling, like, Kanye West, he got famous off of sampling like old music and like, but he put his own touch to it. Right. And it's, it's kind of similar, I guess, in that regard. It's just with the visual medium. I think, I think it is, is people have a tough time with change. Like we were talking about like digital film, yeah. people, people don't like it. I think what they, part of it is like, it's, they're nervous about their job, which I totally understand. Cause I'm nervous about that too. And it's like, it takes effort to learn new technology and some people don't want to do that. Yeah. And it's, uh, yeah, I don't know. Cause when you look at your career, you've been doing this a little bit longer than me. Like, what do you think the key is your longevity? Cause that is like to do this for as long as you've been doing is not easy. Like, I, I mean, I, 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 my opinion of what, how I've been doing is that, is that I've never felt 
satisfied with what I'm doing, but I've also diversified what I was doing. I, I've, uh, when, when I first started, um, I shot, a, I started doing advertising mm-hmm. and, and by advertising, I mean, I shot catalogs and, and I shot, uh, shoes on white backgrounds and studios and computer parts on white backgrounds. And I didn't, it wasn't like an ego thing with me. It was like, okay, this is making me money. I can pay my rent. I can buy some equipment sort of thing. Um, and then when I wanted to kind of branch off from that, I did editorial mm-hmm. work also, which back then is like people like, Oh, you don't make any money doing editorial. People still say that now. I'm but, like, there's still some money. Like it's not like, but it's still, it's still giving you an opportunity to shoot. And it's also putting your name on it. Yep. And that's advertisement. I mean, if you have a photo in, in a, 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 a back then a large circulating magazine that had your name on it, other people got it. I mean, I, got my first Nike job because I was in a tennis magazine. I did an editor for a tennis magazine and they saw the, the people at Wine and Kennedy saw the, the photo that I did in tennis. And then like that sort of kept me going for that. Uh, then I also started directing long before a 5d camera let you take. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, because I, I, it was another income stream and then selling prints, another income stream. So I think all those things combined with the the sort of, okay, I want to try this and I want to keep moving forward, but also doing it in a way that um, wasn't sort of half-assed, that I, I put everything into it. So when I started shooting the Olympics, I put everything into it. And it was a completely different experience from what I was doing. I was so used to studio work and, like I said, the, you know, the catered lunch and then the um all the all the good perks that come with advertising yep um and all of a sudden i'm by myself freezing cold getting five hours of sleep but i did that for that reason because i I did i didn't want to be just like oh i'm going to try this and not you know if i don't succeed in it whatever i'm trying it to succeed in it and the same thing with the ai i'm doing is i'm trying to add that as, and, and it may only be something where I sell some prints or I sell NFTs mm-hmm. from it. Um, and that may be where it goes. Um, but I'm not going to give up on it until I've gotten what I think I want to get out of it. Yeah. And I think that the constant state of, of your, is, is, is for any profession, the constant state of growing, the once you stop growing, you you stagnate and you die, you know, so you should, you should always be looking for, and it's not, and it's, you don't want it to be gimmicky, mm-hmm. but if you decide I want to start shooting baseball, yep. I, I want to do this as best as anybody's ever done. Yeah. Cause know? I think that's the thing when it comes from an honest place, cause you're looking at your work, you're obviously, you're invested in it. You're, you enjoy the creative process of it, but I noticed like the NFT you can tell the people there's this a lot of people that it's like they think it's going to be a quick cash grab or whatever. And I think it's the same thing with photography. People think they're going to come in and they're just going to like make a bunch of money. But that's not how any business works or whatever. No. Like, And people are going to see through it in a second. Unless you're like really invested in the technology and the craft, like you can see right through it, you know? Yeah. And I, I, I saw a photographer, a video on a photographer was talking about um, how, how to basically fail in photography. Mm-hmm. 
and and you know there's these business models that people are thinking they're gonna you know that, that well if I just photograph my girlfriend I'm gonna become a famous photographer and you might take really nice photos of your girlfriend but it's not a sustainable business who's gonna pay you to do that yeah who's gonna hire you to do that you know you have to think about the business end of it um, and and sort of what sells you know, and again if you are purist and you just want to be a fine art photographer I know a lot of amazing, amazing fine art photographers who are great, great people, amazing photographers, and they they do really quite well at what they do. Mm-hmm. But they put in that work yeah. to do that, you know, because they, they didn't want to go to the commercial world; they wanted to stay in the fine art world, and that's that's. But great. it's still it's the same thing. Like the fine art world, it's like, uh, like in our world, like a lot of the commercial stuff, you're building relationships with art producers, art directors, editors at magazine, fine art world. It's the same thing. You're building relationships with gallery owners and like oh, the people that put that type of stuff on. And it's, it's still, you're running a business. It's, it's a different clientele. It's not like just because you're like, oh, I'm a free thinking artist and this is what I do. It's like, no, like if you really want to like, it's not all about money, but like if you really want this to be a career, like you have to like treat it as such. You know? Exactly. And you, and I think that like I, I now I, I, I never really liked, I was, that was the other one was Instagram. I never thought any Instagram was something that I would ever want to do. And I, I was there when it was first starting and I could have, you know, put, start posting pictures. But then I always, I always thought that Instagram means you actually take the picture, then you post it. Oh yeah. Yeah. And it's, then it becomes like, this is your portfolio now. More than my (laughs) website now, to be honest. Like it's like, that's when you think it was like, that's nuts. Yep. You know, but that's that's what everybody does. Yeah. And so I, I was way late to that game too. Yeah. Never too late. Um, but and now I'm I'm posting more on social media platforms now than I ever did ten years ago. Yeah, I kind of had like an epiphany with like the social media stuff. But honestly, within the last year, just talking to friends because I like promoting yourself all the time. Like it, it it can feel like braggadocious. It can feel like it just feels like gross. But then I realized I'm like. It's not that I'm bragging, man. This is my business. It's how I make money. And when you think about like big corporations, like B and H, whatever, they email me three times a day. You think they give a shit? They're like, they're trying to get your, like, so I was trying to, not that I'm trying to like annoy the shit out of people, but like, no, you have to like promote yourself. Let people know you're out there. Like, uh, like I won one of the American photography award things last week. And like if you, two years just ago, congratulations. Yeah, That's thanks. awesome. Two years ago, I would never post that. Cause I'd be like, ah, I feel like too, like it's as cringe. Like I'm not trying to like pat myself on the back, but then it's like, people want to see that shit. And it just keeps you top of mind with editors. And it's like, it's not that I enjoy doing it, but it, it's a tool that's there and it really actually works. Dude, American photography. Yeah. That's there's two award shows that I, I look at and that's to me, that's the one that I, when I get my stuff in there, I feel the most proud of because yeah. that's the the level that you're competing with and that stuff. Yeah. It's like, it's like this, that's a big award. Yeah, I think they had like eight, 8,000 submissions and like 500 get selected or something like that. Yeah. Uh, and, but just the quality of the work that's around you. Yeah. They it, do a good book. Cause I feel it's, they, I think American photography for me, they really have all like a wide range of genres. I feel like CA is a little more polished sometimes than America. I feel like American photography, they really kind of let it fly a little bit more creative wise. Well, yeah, I think the creative level. Yeah. 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 But, but communication arts, which again, that's a very prestigious award too. Oh, definitely. Is, is much more geared towards the advertising world. Mm -hmm. So you're not going to see necessarily that, you know, 
story of something that happened in Iraq or something like that, you know, that, that, that journalist story. Um, but yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. 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 But the other thing you mentioned about being diversified in what you do, I think that is important because I realized during this time where the economy is kind of like, I don't know if we're going into recession or is or whatever, advertising businesses has slowed down and talking to friends. If you only have your, your, trying to just do straight advertising you got nothing else going like it's gonna be so hard like so it's like whatever like there's so many jobs i do i don't post my instagram it's not like it was a job like whatever like you know it's just uh just shoot a bunch of different stuff and keep building to whatever you want to do you know and and i think now photography is gonna even have to be more diversified because there, there there are opportunities that are lost because of ai yeah um and so having a working knowledge of it no, definitely another uh, another tool, uh, and I know you mentioned it a little bit, uh, but the project you've been doing in Boston, I was always curious about it. I think it's called the, is it the Uncornered Project? It's basically like you, it's like portrait series, and they, they're almost they print them huge, and they they is usually like in the Boston Public Garden or where, yep. yeah, and they it's like a public art exhibit. Like how'd that kind of come about? Well, there's there's actually two projects that I that I that I work on, and these are both. Um, these are both pro bono projects that I work on. Mm-hmm. Um, the first one was uh, is Uncornered, Boston Uncornered, and they are a program um, that they actively seek gang members to to help them um, turn their lives around. And it, it's sort of the the whole premise behind Uncornered is that um, everybody, no matter who you are. There's there's times in your life where you feel you're cornered, like it, your your life is not going the direction you want it to go in, and you make you have to make a conscious decision if I'm going to go left or right, and do I want to keep going down the road of gangs and criminal activity, or do I want to get my life going in a different direction? Mm-hmm. And so this this uh, the on corner project came up about um, with. A good friend of mine, Phil Johnson, called me, um, and and he asked me if I wanted to work on it. it for, and we wanted it to be, a, it would, we, the idea was that we would get these guys who had gone through the program. And the program, what the program does is it gets the gang members off the street. Get, if they don't have their uh, high school diploma, they get that for them, and then they send them to college. Wow. and get a college diploma and they work with them the whole way through they give them a stipend and um even doing that the amount of money that it costs to do that is far less than incor- incarcerating the person wow and um they've had an amazing success success rate success rate mm-hmm. and so the whole idea of the project was not just to show the students who are doing this but also other people like business members and politicians and sports figures and everybody because everybody in their life have moments where it's you need to make a change mm-hmm. and you want you get uncornered and so when we do these big exhibits um we've done them at the common we've done them down at seaport twice now um and out at uh, gillette stadium we did it out there um it's it's so that people can we don't and we don't sort of separate anything everything's mixed together um as far as the people are concerned nobody is treated differently they're all shot the exact same way on a white background 
the lighting is the exact same thing. The cameras I you use. You stole that from Avaton, John. You stole, <laughs> yeah. you stole his look. Yes, Avaton inspired <laughs> me um, to do that. But the... Um, and and they've been very successful as far as the the um, the imagery goes because they're eight foot tall. Yeah. And you have to confront this, and and their stories of all these the things that are going on. You know, we've the last three mayors of Boston have been part of this project, um, and uh, Iona Presley, the congresswoman, and Devin McCourty, who plays for the Patriots, are, are part of this process, and we we photographed them basically the uncornered office and mm-hmm. you know in the same room and um so that's that's the one and then the second one that sort of came about from uncornered um i was approached um last year um i got a i got an email from somebody who said um i'm want to do this project called portraits of pride and um i saw your uncornered project and i want to do the same thing i want to do these big prints and wow. and um, in, in the Boston Common, and the basic premise was this: is is that it's it's to support the LGBT community, community. and it's to fe- we featured 22 people the first time we did it. We did it last um, in October, um, and these are all people. They're not necessarily famous, um, but they're they're all people who have contributed to the LGBT community. And um, we have, we photographed like the lawyer who helped secure the right to be get married. Um, uh, we've had um, young guys who are, uh, who are, who are um, trans and they've, uh, they have converted and they're vocal leaders who we're at the White House talking with uh, Obama about the whole experience, and and so it's, it's it's this great eclectic mix of people, and how we do this oh is is completely different because we want each person to be unique. Mm-hmm. So each portrait is shot because those are color. I think yeah, the, those are all color. Stuff is usually black no, there's some black and white okay. in there, but, but for the most part, they're color. Yeah, but it's it's sort of it's an individual thing and it's it's and we try to photograph them in something in an area or somehow they feel comfortable and and uh, either their home or in their business or anything like uh, something like that and um this was again it was on the boston commons and these were eight feet tall and it was the month of october last year and um so now we're doing the second version of it which will be um, in June for uh, Gay Pride Month, and it's going to be at City Hall because they just redid City Hall's plaza. Oh wow! Um, so we're doing it there. So we're just started last week, which was late, um, starting to do the the new group Portrait. of of portraits. Okay. Um, so with shoots like that, will you do you call and like talk to the subject before the shoot happens? It's kind of talk them through it or is it these kind of show up or like how do you know you know the 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 the, for like for boston uncornered um i i generally don't know and i don't ask i I purposely don't ask what their stories are okay um i I will find out afterwards like i because i i don't i don't to me it's like uh i know mayor walsh when we photographed him his story was about he had issues with drinking Mm mm-hmm and tend to change. And um, there was this, this one student who 
um, his story was that he got shot eight times and woke up in the hospital and the only person in the hospital was his mother. There was no gang members there. Nobody, yeah. None of his so-called friends were there. And it's just his mother in tears. And it completely devastated him that that what he, his life choices was, how that affected his, because he'd never thought about it before. Yeah. Um, and it was a very powerful story when he, when he tells it. But I, I only thing I tell these people is when I'm photographing them is I want them to think about what it is and when it is that they became uncornered. What was, what was going on in your life and, 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 and sort of, the, I wanted it to be an internal thought process because it, it gives the, the body language and everything that happens once I start talking to them about this. And the shoots probably take maybe an hour Okay. Where, uh, but I'm talking to them. They're not going very fast. They're, they're sort of slow, and I don't take a lot of images because I'm just waiting for that sort of right one. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had I had one girl um, who was one of the this is one of the first ones we shot. I when I'm going to talk to her about, I said, "What you know, to put yourself back in that place, you know, why you decided you wanted to be uncornered and go to change your life." And so when I walked back to the camera. I turn around and she's laying on the floor, like curled up in a ball. I'm like, what, what are you doing? <laughs> she goes, well, you said put myself in that place. This is where I was. I was laying on the floor crying in a ball. Wow. Um, realizing that my daughter's not going to have her mother if I don't change my life. I say, great. That was awesome. Yeah. But just, 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 but you know, make it more of an internal sort of the process. Yeah. Um, and then the, for the portraits of pride, um, again, it's, it's talking to them about who they are and, and not without getting an answer, but sort of what pride means to them. Mm-hmm. So they're, so they, they constantly have that thought going process going through their, their head. Um, and cause it's a real like combination. It's a, it's a slight difference between a thin line, as I say, uh, between sort of somebody looking confident or somebody looking cocky or mm-hmm. somebody looking um, proud or somebody looking angry. And, and, and it's like that you don't want the negative, you want the positive, but you don't want somebody with big smiles in their face. And, and this is not about, um, it's not, it has nothing to do with flamboyancy. It's just, it's these people have the same lives as everybody else has and and they have the same problems and you just want that to come through and that's sort of how i approach both of those projects now they're pretty incredible and i guess with the portraits of pride like uh is anything that surprised you or anything you learned getting to meet all these different people and talk to them about their experience being in that community um you know i was thinking about that uh, actually this morning is that um these shoots take a couple of hours, mm-hmm. you know, with the subject, and we do variations and things like that. But I realized that I think part of the reason they take so long is I just am fascinated by their stories. Yeah, you know, and and sort of what they did. Um, you know, it was this one woman um, uh, we photographed who's a very big leader, lawyer, and the and and business person in the community. And you know, the first like the first thing she was saying, she was well. When I started this process, being a lesbian, I was I was illegal. I could be put in jail mm-hmm. just for my my choices. Um, and now, 
through her work and the work of some of the other people we photographed, that's not the case anymore. Um, and it was just, I never thought of it that way, you know, cause it's, it, it, and, and I, that's to me, like we talked to, we photographed a doctor yesterday, um, who, um, was very big in, um, in healthcare and, 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 uh, AIDS and the whole process. He, he's, I think he's probably in his seventies that we photographed and he was one of the leading doctors in the whole AIDS from the beginning of it. Wow. And just kind of reliving that story when, and, and, I, and the crazy thing is like when this was going on, um, and I, it, I don't think it is date, but I remember the fact that I had to go get an AIDS test um, and my wife before they'd give us a marriage license. Oh, wow. You couldn't get married in the state of Massachusetts if you, if you didn't pass the AIDS test. I didn't realize that. Yeah. And, and, and this was for two straight couple. You know, yeah. this is not, for, this is not, you know, and so, um, that's how big of an issue this, this was and how they got it to the point where they still haven't found a cure for it. And it was really something that was kind of trying to, they kept trying to brush it under the rug and, um, they're still, you know, 30,000 new cases a year in the U S and a million cases in the, in the world every year. And as it's, so that was sort of. Well, while I'm shooting him, this is the conversations we're having and I'm, I'm being educated and I, and I love learning about people and things like that. So that's, that's what makes this shoot kind of special to me. Yeah, definitely. This is the real people can't AI that you can't AI that those no, are real no, people. No, you can't. That's right. <laughs> so yeah, it's an incredible work. I look forward to seeing more of that. Um, couple more questions i'll let you go yeah, yeah. uh actually i i texted some of my photographer buddies i told them i was interviewing you and they sent me some questions and one was because you've always been shooting the olympics for years and because it's a two-week event i'm sure you probably get out there earlier um how do you prepare, do you have to like yourself like physically mentally prepare going into something like that because it's like like you said it's not it says you you're lugging around gear and it, it is long days like how do you prepare for something like that? Yeah. Well, I, I, I try, I try to think that I'm, I'm in training, you know, before, you know, try to try to put in as much exercise and get prepared for that. Cause, Cause it, it, it is physically. Photography is a, is, is a physical job sometimes. Like the older I get, like it, it it's taxing sometimes, especially when it's just like little editorial things. It might just be you and you're lugging gear and pushing it up elevators. And it's like, this yeah. And, yeah. Well, the thing about the, the Olympics is, first of all, the actual competition is 17 days. Yeah. My average is 28 days I'm on the ground. Damn. Um, and we start from the first day we're there, we're shooting. Mm-hmm. We, have, we have to cover all the venues. We have to cover all the, all the things that makes up uh, the Olympics in the city. And then we start focusing on the training that the athletes are doing and all that sort of stuff. Um, and you average about maybe five hours of sleep a night. Um, I think Beijing was the hardest one that would just, this just happened because it's the winter Olympics anyways, but the COVID restrictions that we had to go through just to get on the plane Mm -hmm. and then getting off the plane, going through all that, um, we had to get tested and then we had to go directly to our hotel and, 
Uh, we couldn't leave our room. I think I saw Simon Broody, SI, long-time SI guy. He got he got COVID. Either it was Beijing or Tokyo at one of those Olympics, and he was just like stuck there for a while. Couldn't do yeah. yeah, yeah, right. yeah. Oh, if you got if you tested positive, in um, uh, in either place that they sent you someplace. Yeah, that's what it was. Like you went to a COVID hotel. Yeah, and it, which which Not wasn't very nice. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> it's like you weren't bringing your clothes with you. They're, yeah, like they, they're picking you up in your room, and they're like, "You're going now." Hazmat suit. Okay, because I was I was the COVID liaison officer for the group mm-hmm. that I'm doing. So if somebody came up with a negative test, they're calling me first. Yep. And they're like, get a hold of this person, wherever he's at. And you had to actually, if you were to venue, there were safe rooms that you had to immediately go to. You yeah. could, you had to stop shooting and go sit in that room and somebody would pick you up yeah, and take you someplace. Scary <laughs> shit, man. Scary shit. But, dude. but no, but the thing was, is it's it, the, like, um, in, in Beijing, we had uh, there's a woman that worked in our group as a photographer works in our group and um, she is basically our um, alpine photographer. She's a world class snowboarder, skier, and an amazing photographer. And she's she has worked her butt off to get to a certain level in alpine sports because it's like an old boys European club. Yeah, and she's worked her way into that. She gets great positions there to take care of her anything she needs and she uh there was a strict rule you had to be vaccinated to go mm-hmm. and she didn't want to get the vaccination which again it's her choice but there was nothing i could do yeah and so i'm down this alpine photographer now so i find another uh young photographer uh her name is abby parr who's an amazing amazing photographer um and She's was a she competitive snowboarder. She feels completely at ease on the mountains. Yeah, the whole she, un- thing, she understands right? it. Yeah. yeah, and so I bring her on board, and she's doing an amazing job. But for some reason, all of a sudden, they're assigning me all the alpine skiing stuff, and I don't ski, <laughs> and I'm I'm like climbing freaking mountains yeah and with with a full backpack a 400 millimeter on a monopod on my shoulder and you know uh, crampons that are two inches long and getting into place and and trying to get something where i've shot alpine skiing like maybe once or twice yeah and then all and then it, it was it was nuts and I, it's like physically demanding it was just like pounding me and they didn't um Usually, like for the half pipe, to get photographers up on the half pipe, the half pipe is kind of like a forty-five degree angle. Oh yeah, it's like steep. Yeah, like. and but to get up, there's like about a seventy degree angle just at the bottom. It's it's maybe ten twenty yards long, and usually the, the other Olympics I've been to, they cut steps into the snow, right? So the photographers can get up there. Yeah, Beijing they didn't do that, and I was going up. I was going up, and I have these crampons on, right? And I'd go, I've been up on this half pipe the day before, or a couple of days before. And so I'm going up, and it's my last time, last event on the half pipe that I'm going to be shooting. And it had just snowed uh, the night before, so there's about, uh, I don't know, probably about six to ten inches of powder. And so you really couldn't see, like, where you're going. And this thing is like ice because it's so 
freaking cold. Yeah. And I get about, oh, I'd say like three or four feet from where it kind of goes you know, to your, when you're on the pipe. And I feel it's like a slippage. Oh, man. And I look down, and my crampon now is at a right angle. It, it came off the front of the shoe, and all it is is attached to the heel, and the rest of it is sticking out at a right angle. And I'm just thinking to myself, this is this is bad. Yeah. <laughs> this, this is not going to end well. No. And um, so I, uh, I try to take a couple of steps. Now, again, I've got cameras yeah, on well, me and stuff shit. like this, yeah. right? <laughs> There's just, I'm trying to get up to that last little bit and there's just, I really, there's no way. So I decide I, I'm just going to, I'm going to have to go, draw, go down. Slide down. And so I, I kind of position myself to hit, so my butt hit and I start sliding. And as I start sliding, that crampon that was still on my foot just caught the ice. So now I'm... I'm somersaulting. Oh I'm, my I'm just God. rolling down the freaking hill. And it's powder, so it wasn't so bad. And I land in this like big mound of powder. You've got right? the camera up here. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm spread eagle. <laughs> and they're off to the side, like a couple feet away, there's a photographer pen, right? They get a photo of that. <laughs> there's about eight, eight photographers over there. And um, they're like, oh, hey, man, are you okay? You all right? And I said, did anybody get a picture of this? And I'm like, no. Uh, <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, that, that was. Yeah. I can't imagine. I was thinking about that 28 day. At what point in that 28 day uh, do you reach burnout? Because at some point you gotta like, it's 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 a lot. That's a grind. There's there's usually, you know, somewhere about two thirds of the way in yeah. that you you kind of burn out a little bit. Yeah. Um, but. The then you have to get a second wind and, and do it. Yeah. And the, the, the other thing that was crazy about it was because it, it was so cold that my hands, I had big, huge gloves on, like are for Arctic expeditions mm -hmm. gloves. And, and I could, there's times I couldn't feel my fingers. Or the other thing was that we had to wear a mask always. Yep. And we, but we'd be out, you know, like on a mountain, there wouldn't be anybody near us. But walking up to it, you're breathing out, you're all that condensation, and then it goes into the mask. So now the mask becomes like you're being waterboarded. It's like it's covered with water, so you can't breathe in and out of the mask. And then after you get in position, that mask freezes from all the water. And then so every time you bring your camera up, the mask freezes to the camera. And the eyepiece gets fogged yep. if you breathe. Yep. So it's like you're shooting um, ski jumping, which you don't see the person coming off the ramp when you're getting down low to get that low angle, you know, with underneath their skis. So you just have to find them. But the only, the only, the only thing that sort of tells you that they're coming is you see the camera on the cable starting to move. So you know they're coming down the hill. But then you have to figure out, okay, where they're going to hit on that position. And then you can't breathe because if you do you're gonna get fogged yeah and you're gonna miss everything yeah um it's it's crazy Wait, where's the next olympics uh paris you're gonna, you're gonna go to that one uh that's i i never i never, never you know, know. I, I never guarantee myself that i'm going until like i'm on the plane that's so. hey that'd be a good one. that's that summer olympics then right yeah, uh, that one actually I think would be really fun to go to. <laughs> yeah, you're going to Paris. I could do that for a month. Yeah, I, I could deal with that. No problem. <laughs> yeah, and there are some perks, but you know the thing is, 
we don't get you're to working see, we don't i know get you're to just, see a lot of the you're cities. just grinding yeah i get it and especially the last two you couldn't like we couldn't leave the hotel we we like walked down outside the the ho- hotel lo- um parking area and everything else is all wire fenced yep. you know razor wire the whole way around like and the only way you could leave is you got into a car that you already pre-programmed that they know where to take you. Yep. And like the back seat is completely sealed. So you're, and it's nice. They take you to where you need to go and then they let you off at a designated area and you walk into the venue and then same, you keep repeating the process. But yeah. I, like if there was a restaurant across the street, couldn't go to it. Yeah. We could only eat the hotel or the venues. Yeah. Well, John, I'm glad we, uh, Met up again, talked all this AI stuff uh, and everything you've been up to. But I guess like uh, last, what what's next, man? What's got you excited? Uh, what are you hoping to work on moving forward? I guess. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I think that's everything we just talked about. Yeah. You know, I'm looking forward to the the new round of the Portraits of Pride stuff because mm. that'll be open. That'll be a big exhibit um, uh, down at City Hall. So I'm kind of ha- happy when that's going to go up. Um, seeing where this AI is going to take me. Yep. If anywhere, I don't know. Hopefully we still have a job. I pray. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, well, like I shoot a lot of things that I know, have, I know, have, I know, I know. have been live. Yeah, yeah. So that's, that's a good thing. Was there other questions or, or is that just the Olympic one? Uh, no, it was just my, my one friend sent me that. He was like, he's cause he was like, ask John, like how, how, how he kind of prepares. Cause it's so taxing on the body, like doing that type of Olympic stuff. And I was it's, like, it is the most physical thing I do. Yeah. It's yeah. a lot. Um, but it's also, um, think about it this way. You're at 28 days, Yeah. 17 of those days you're at and photographing some of the greatest athletes on the planet. Yep. And you're doing like three sessions a day, every day. Mm-hmm. I mean, as, as a photographer, when you eliminate all the physical, whatever, and the fact that you don't eat much and all that sort of stuff, but just the idea that you're when you get up in the morning you know when you're going to bed at night you have the opportunity to photo some photograph some of the most amazing things in in your photographing history oh yeah so it's like that that always plays in the back of my mind that like oh my god i'm this is i'm the luckiest person on the planet to be be here yeah not many people get to there and then oh yeah my friend travis travis carroll photographer from kansas city great photographer he, another question he had was uh Obviously, you've been in the industry a while. Like, you've been through recessions and the economy, like, 2008, 2001, all that. Like, how do you kind of deal with these, like, times where it's, like, you know, business might be slow? Like, what will you tell, like, what do you do with your time? Like, what should you be doing when when business isn't coming in? Like, what would you tell, like, a young photographer kind of just going through this, I guess? Probably the hardest thing to to do is, is, is to keep yourself motivated during that stuff. Mm -hmm. But when I first started, um, when I first opened my studio and I, like it was January 1st when I opened it, I told myself I am going to get up every morning. I'm going to take a shower. I'm going to get dressed and I'm going to make phone calls and I'm going to get appointments and I'm, and be a professional and I'm going to repeat that process every day and I'm going to add to my portfolio and, I think that just remembering you're a business and you need to keep focusing on what's happening ahead of you. Um, it's not so much what's going on that day, but that, and it's hard, it's hard to do. You know, yeah. there's days you don't want to like, 
Uh, I'm self-employed. I don't have to or, get out of bed. <laughs> or, e- or even on the other side where even when you're busy and you're cooking, and I realize like, like you still need to be doing outreach. Like you need yeah. to be, and that is like, cause something like when it's good, like why do I, it's all coming. It's going to be good. It's like, no, you got to keep planting those seeds. You got to keep sending work out. Cause I, 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 last year I had a good year, but like, I realized like I didn't do enough. Like I need to do more. And this, even when you're busy, still making yep. a point of like doing it hundred percent because that's that little work when you are slow that you planted those seeds and you tried to build those relationships, then it's like, and I, I have made that mistake too many times yeah where you're like you're busy and then all of a sudden you're not yeah like, oh, bank account like, looks good you know like oh, <laughs> should we should we be sending out a mailer should, yeah. we, be, should we be posting yeah. online changing the website yeah. yeah yeah it's it's yeah it's it's a constant yeah but it's you know it's like everybody else goes to work every day yeah we should too right that's what it is it's that's how i view it too it's like i anytime i don't get to my studio space like I'm like, it might be a little late. I'm like, I'm like, oh, I wasted time. That was, it's like a waste of time. You got to treat, it's a profession. You got to treat it like such because it's so, so many people want to do this. And if you don't put in the work to do it, like there's no reason you should get the job because other people are doing it. You know, I, I've had more people ask me like, why are you working on Sunday? Why, why are you working on a Saturday? It's yeah. Like, cause nope. So, cause somebody else is going to do it if I don't. Yeah. But it, it, it is, you have to treat it as a profession, as a business. But the, for me, the best part is I've never worked a day in my life. Yeah, that's how I feel like that too. Like the last five years since I hadn't had to work like a like another little part time job. Like I'm like, I feel like I'm just like I, I'm like getting over on somebody. I'm like this is like you know what I mean? Like oh, 100 percent. I was like this is gonna end one day, dude. <laughs> I was like, cause I remember working at like warehouses and clocking in and like your manager on your back being like, hey, you took too long of a lunch and all this bullshit. You know, like this is any. Anytime I find myself like even complaining a little bit about some like little editorial job where maybe you're not making a lot of money and it's like hard or whatever, like this is a cakewalk, you know? Yeah. Oh yeah. And, uh, was it Willie Nelson? Somebody asked Willie Nelson when he was going to retire and his answer was retire from what? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, you know, this is like, I'm, I'm having fun. It's like a job. So yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> it's just like such a part of my life. Like it's not even, like, you're not working. Like, like, I'm sure it's same thing with you, like the AI stuff. It's, it's not even that you're like you're, you're trying to get a job from it or whatever. It's like you need to get it out of you. It's like, exactly. And if you, have you ever had this feeling like where, uh, you, maybe you're, you're working, you're steady, but you just haven't made anything that you're like that excited about or proud about. Like that yeah. one where you're like, Oh, that one's actually in the book. Yeah. And it's like, I'm always just chasing that. Cause I feel like. I've been busy lately, but it's like, I got to make something that's like just for me. Like, you know what I mean? It's uh but that's, that's the secret right there. Yeah. That, yeah. I mean, and I think that's with, with everybody, uh, photographers, I think always should be check, you know, what's your, what's your favorite job? The next one, mm-hmm. you know, always saying, well, I, yeah, I liked how this one came out, but I think I could have done better. Yep. And some people think you're crazy for that sort of thought process, but I think it's no. I think I, I think I like my photos for about maybe like 20 minutes to a half hour or maybe a day. And then I'm like, eh, I'm like, I could have done this. House. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, well, I always thought the true test is like you, you do that and because you, you, all the stuff that goes on with the shoot, you know, this in, in the, the, the day, how the day went and what was the bad parts of it and all that sort of stuff. And, mm-hmm. and you kind of project that into the photograph. And I always thought and I, I still do this to now is you, if you put that photograph in a drawer, mm-hmm. 
and you pull it out a year later and you look at it and say, yeah, that, that I like this. Yeah. That's, that's, I think to me is, is sort of the test of time and, and, or, you know, and I've pulled a lot of photographs out of drawers a year later and looked at them and said, yeah, that didn't work. Yeah. <laughs> that wasn't my best, but I think that's, that's, so you can eliminate all the sort of extra things around what happened that day and just kind of focus in on what you did as a piece of art. I yeah. think that's important. Uh, that's good. I think, I think we leave it there, John. That's a good one. This, you know, keep, keep shooting and keep, uh, keep pushing yourself and, uh, yeah. Hopefully things work out. <laughs> All right. Thank you, John. Thank you. That was fun. So there you have it. That was the John Hewitt interview. Uh, just want to thank John for coming back on the podcast. It was really interesting hearing what he's been working on, uh, especially with AI. I know I've been talking about AI work with the, all my fellow photographers for months now. Um, just trying to learn as much about it as I can myself. Um, so definitely appreciate him coming on, kind of sharing his knowledge and experience and everything he's doing with that. Um, definitely go check out John's work. His website is johnhewitt.com, as well as definitely you can go follow him on Instagram at John Hewitt. I'll put all the links in the description um, so you can go check out some of the work he's been doing lately. Um, and as always, thanks so much for listening. I'm going to have some more podcasts coming. I know they've been kind of slow lately, just been kind of busy and kind of focusing on my own photography lately, but I'm going to keep doing interviews. Um, you can check them out on Spotify, the Photo Banter YouTube page as well as Apple Podcasts. So thanks so much for listening and take care.